Welcome to Openly Gamer Theater's presentation of Dr. Plague, Arresting Glitchface, Shadowrun, Actual Play. Hello, welcome to a recording of Dr. Plague, a Shadowrun 6th edition actual play featuring the character Dr. Plague, played by... Chad. Tell me a little bit about Dr. Plague. Dr. Plague was born and raised in St. Louis. He left when he was, you know, early 20s to go and join a mercenary company. He got sent to backwaters around the world, wound up working for some criminal gangs out in New York. After some incidents there, a rivalry within the gang, his faction lost. He is now returning home to St. Louis for the purpose of hiding from the people who want to kill him. The organized crime that you were up against it was the Vori, which is the Russian mob. And you were working at the time for the Italian mob or the mafia. Makes sense why I've got Vori on my character sheet. So Yeah, having a, a knowledge skill of Vori. And then, yeah, you speak Russian. They weren't very happy with you. Things went south. And you've come to St. Louis in the midst of quite a bit of turmoil. St. Louis is kind of this connection point between the CAS and the UCAS. So there's a lot of smuggling that happens throughout the city and always has, especially from east side to west side, because those not familiar with St. Louis, East St. Louis is in the Illinois side, which would be in the UCAS. And then St. Louis City itself is in the CAS. There's always been smuggling going on in St. Louis from north to south and vice versa, usually going down into New Orleans. Chicago was completely bombed out because it was infested by insect spirits. So the security company that was in charge of getting rid of them just dropped a, uh, like a low-yield nuke and destroyed most of Chicago. Uh, it's slowly rebuilding. And so now St. Louis is kind of this middle point between the things being smuggled out of and into Chicago and out of and into New Orleans. So when you left, that was what was going on was just the, you know, the rebuilding of Chicago was starting to make the, the smuggler route a little bit more you know robust. But now that you've come back, the first thing that is apparent, and you, you would have heard of this through the national news and things like that, was that there was an incident that happened at the Arch Grounds downtown right on the riverfront. They call this the Gateway Incident. And what the Gateway Incident was, was a massive astral anomaly, which opened up on the arch grounds and caused some sort of magical backlash that completely ruined like a two mile radius of the city, which also extends across the river into East St. Louis. So the remaining powers that be in the city cordoned off the area and said it's a no go zone. So trying to get reestablished in St. Louis has been a little bit of a challenge for Dr. Plague. There's already some factions entrenched in the city and they have agents that they use on their own. So it's it, you're, you're very much a independent contractor at this point. Through a couple of contacts, you've started trying to reestablish yourself. Give me a little bit of a description of Dr. Plague. What does Dr. Plague look like? So Dr. Plague is a kind of stocky dwarf. He's bald, but he's definitely got a Gimli beard. He actually looked up to Gimli as a child watching the Lord of the Rings movies, <laughs> and Gimli was his role model. So he has the Gimli beard. But it's a lot of times it's hidden, and you don't actually see much of his face because he always wears a black wide-brim hat, a trench coat, and most distinctly, he wears a Plague Doctor mask all of the time. 
hence the street name. Exactly. And also he thinks that people call him that because he works as an assassin a lot. He thinks that people call him that because he is as unstoppable as a plague, the old saying. Uh, reality is because he's not all that good at controlling collateral damage. All right. And he is a, a rigger, correct? Yes, he is a rigger. With that, Dr. Plague has been in the city for, we'll say, only maybe a couple of months. You've long enough to make connections with a few of the locals. And you're living in the north side of the city, around like Bridgeton. It's a low lifestyle area, so it's it's a little run down. But what you have noticed, at least different from when you were here the last time, businesses actually are starting to pick up in the areas around the containment zone because most of the city's, you know, high-end commerce and things like financial stuff was all downtown. And now these entities are now having to move out because they're no longer allowed inside the containment zone. There's been a lot of gentrification that's been going on. So your apartment that you're staying in, it's a low lifestyle apartment, but you notice that even with the few weeks that you've been here, there's been a lot of properties being bought up around you. Your neighbors have been saying it's only a matter of time till our landlord sells this building and they're going to demolish it. They're going to turn it into condos, blah, 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 blah. So there's this big like specter of people being forced out, you know, priced out of their homes and things like that in this area. Where we'll start it off is you're actually in your apartment right now. Uh, are you in like a, a predominantly like dwarven area or is this like a mixed area? What do you think? He's not all that social of a creature. Like He's good at talking to people, but he doesn't actually seek it out all that much. So he wouldn't be actively looking for people of his type. Uh, it's not like he's racist or anything, so he doesn't care. Wherever is cheap and the best place for the money Probably like a mixed area is what I'm I'm picturing he would have chosen. Your uh, neighbor, which is like the apartment right next door, is an elf named Jim. Jim is like a huge, huge Cardinals fan. It's like early April. So the main topic of Jim right now is the fact that spring training is finished, but the Cardinals don't have a place to play because the stadium was, you know, is in the containment zone. So they're talking about maybe relocating the Cardinals to another city until they can get another stadium built, which is hugely like inconvenient for Jim because he's a season ticket holder. Whether you allow him into your apartment or not is up to you, but he'll if not, then he'll just sit on the outside of the door just talking to you. I think Plague wouldn't actually do either one of those things. What I think he would do is he wouldn't invite him in, but he would go out and meet him and close the door behind him and sit sit outside with him. Oh, so sitting like in the hallway. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So he's got like a folding, you know, like a lawn chair. It's, it's frayed and, and whatnot. And he's sitting there and he's got a, a beer in his hand. So as you step out, he kind of unfolds the chair next to him so you can sit down and uh, <laughs> reaches into his cooler and hands you a beer. They're talking about the Cardinals playing in, in Kansas City. Can you believe it? They've had, all, they've had almost an entire year to get this stadium situation under control, and they keep drag, they drag their feet so long, now I'm going to have to drive, what, five hours just to go watch my Redbirds. Doesn't Kansas City already have its own baseball team anyways? Yes, the, the Royals, and, and I don't know how they're going to do this. Why do I have to suffer? Because they don't know what they're doing. The owners just drag their feet, you know. I, maybe they were looking for a tax break. I don't know. But just, it doesn't make any sense to me. And about that time, 
your comm goes off. Now, I think it would be really cool if your plague mask had like gizmos and stuff like that. Yeah, so. that's actually what one thing I was uh, was thinking about is he builds everything into his his plague mask. He's got his calm there. He's got a little filter thing so that he can you know eat and whatnot, even though it usually covers the mouth a little bit. He's a smoker, so he's even got a vape built into his plague mask at this point. <laughs> nice. So occasionally when he's talking, you'll just see puffs of smoke coming out of his mouth, too. All his calmwares and his eye, the eye part of it, it is a, a really nice plague mask. And he never takes it off, so it's fine to have everything in there. <laughs> so, so you're sitting there talking to Jim and you're wearing your mask? Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right, so at, at first, he, uh, Jim was like, he thought it was really weird. You know, and was like, what's with the mask, man? He just, he never really pries into it, but you get the feeling that Jim either thinks that you are like a germaphobe or maybe have some sort of like respiratory disease where you have to wear it, you know, like Darth Vader or something. So he stopped asking, but you know that uh, every once in a while he just kind of looks at it like, you know, this, that's, that's really odd. But he's also the kind of person that is attracted to the oddity of it. You know, like your other neighbors and stuff would walk by and give you, you two weird looks and he would just kind of like leer at them as they walk by, you know, like <laughs> screw you, you know, oh, see, I have this kind of picture in, in my head that, uh, what he tells people, the reason why he never takes the mask off is he's got a really bad scar. Oh, okay. He, he's not very convincing about it, and he does not actually have a scar. He's just weird. So, yeah, it makes perfect sense that they might have might assume, oh, he's actually a, like got a germaphobe or a respiratory or something. He just doesn't want to admit it or something. And you've overheard Jim talking in the past to like other neighbors and things like that, where they were like, this guy's so weird. He wears that mask, blah, blah, blah. And he's actually like championing you at, po at points. And you've overheard him do this. It's like, He's self-conscious about this scar thing, man. He must be really, really fucked up. So, you know, I'm sorry that his, him wearing a mask and him being self-conscious about that offends you. But you know what? Piss off. I think that uh, I think that Dr. Plague would actually would like him a lot then. And he would he would come out and sit sit out with him basically anytime he wanted to. He never lets him in because he doesn't actually want him to see all the drone parts and the weapons he's got scattered all over the place. He doesn't want anyone to see that who isn't supposed to. I think at this point he would actually, you know, probably have his own lawn chair he keeps out there. So he doesn't, so uh, Jim doesn't have to keep bringing him one. Okay. And he just, you know, he'd sit out there, wheel a cooler out there, you know, hey, you want a beer, man? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So then, so yeah, you've got this, this, this whole thing like worked out. And, you know, it's like during uh, spring training and things like that, he even would uh, have an old school radio sitting there and playing the game and whatnot. Whether or not you, you know, Dr. Plague even enjoys baseball, he just assumes, you know, you probably do. <laughs> yeah, Dr. Plague, uh, I'm going to say he does not because I personally know nothing about it. He just kind of nods along and makes very general comments anytime the conversation turns to baseball. Right. Like the, they, I've heard Kansas City Royals, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. So at a, right about this time where he's, he's, you know, going into his, you know, and you know that Jim's going to get, once he gets rolling, he's going to just keep going. At least until any kind of like uh, sports talk or or maybe even a, a game or something. Because let's say the the uh, spring training is is just about to end, as opposed to just you know the season starting. So it's like this is going to be the last spring training game of the season, and they still have they're still determining where they're going to play. You're probably like thirty minutes before first pitch, and Jim is getting stirred up, so he's going to just keep talking and talking and talking about this. And right about that time is when your calm goes off, coming from. Uh, one of your local contacts, Diamond Howe. Uh, I go ahead and answer it. Yo, this is Plague. Are you doing vid or audio only? 
I think that vid would not work very well for him because where would he keep a camera in his mask? So most of his things would be audio only. Like he can he can see other people's vid, but uh, even when he turns his camera on, it's just an up close of his nose or something. Right. So yeah, so it's just like a top down, like nose and mouth, and and, and that's all you see. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Diamond Howe always goes vid. He never likes to do audio only unless you call for it. So because he always wants to show off his shining face, your uh, AR pops up. You know technology well enough that his image has been passed through so many filters that there is absolutely nothing you're seeing is authentic. You're not even entirely certain that A, Diamond Howe is male as they are portrayed or even an actual person it could be an ai you have no clue diamond house perfectly coiffed hair and square chin you know with the dimple and everything and his his million dollar grin pops onto your ar plague baby how you doing still alive you man i'm doing great doing great hey i know you've been looking for some work something that's quite your speed came across my desktop you're the first person i thought of are you busy or do you have time to talk biz? Well, I got time to talk biz. Give me one second. And I, uh, I turn to Jim and say, Hey, you know, I got a, a call coming and I got to go take this. And, you know, I just kind of, uh, as I'm doing that, I open the door behind me, step through and, you know, go someplace a little bit more private to talk business with uh, diamond Hal. So as you're step and Jim's like, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No problem, man. No problem. But he's still talking as you step out and step back into your apartment, close the door and you can hear him. And he's just more <laughs> just like now just bitching about stuff. As you go into your apartment and connect back to Hal? Oh, I never actually disconnected. Oh, okay. I just, uh, I just, you know, said, hold on one second and turned to him and, and started talking and, you know, walked, walked in. Oh, okay. And, uh, What's up, mate? Is this a secure line? Yes, of course. All my lines are secure. Okay, good. I've got a job. There's a high ranking ganger that's kind of made a name for themselves in the city. And this employer is looking to eliminate them from the field okay uh send me the uh the, the picture and whatever information you got on them will do will do i had them double your standard fee oh nice nice uh where am i meeting the johnson let me get back to you on that uh, it's uh very likely it's going to be south city you got transportation i can arrange something I will pin you the address and time as soon as i confirm with them chill he disconnects from you then within a matter of moments, you get a pin somewhere near St. Anthony's Hospital, which is South City. It looks like it's damn near on St. Anthony's Hospital. But then as you zoom in, you realize it's an outbuilding of St. Anthony's Hospital. I don't think Dr. Plague actually has a car. Okay. Uh, so he would he would take a go-go. And right now, he would actually, he'd, he'd pass through. He'd say, Jimmy, hey, man, I'm sorry. I got some business I got to go take care of. Why don't you record it? And uh, I'll listen to it again later with you. And you can tell me the highlights. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem. No problem. He kind of reaches over. And it's like I said, it's an old school radio. So he actually has like to push two buttons to hit record. <laughs> so he just like reaches over and yep, no problem. We'll listen to it together. It's okay for me to listen to it live though, right? Oh, of course. Of course. Just don't spoil it for me, mate. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, no, no. I'll try and contain myself. Even though Dr. Plague isn't a baseball fan, he knows how much Jim is a baseball fan, so he will pretend to be for his sake. Even though he hasn't gotten the time of what time he's supposed to meet, he's going to head over there right now and uh, start checking it out. Okay. Just do some uh, some reconnaissance on the area. What are you taking with you? Now, you have quite a collection of drones. Most of them are very small. 
And the ones on your sheet, I know you have uh, three listed on your sheet there, but you have more than one of each. We could say, you know, with the small ones like the micro skimmer, you know, you can have up to like five of those. As a matter of fact, your uh, vehicle control console has a data processing of six. So I think you can run, if I'm not mistaken, you can run six uh, drones at the same time. So, yeah, with the device rating six and data processing, I think you're correct. I think it is six I can control. So with the little ones like your micro skimmer, even your Hornets, you can have up to six of the micro skimmers. You can have three Hornets and then your Rotodrone. So we'll say you have one of those. Probably take the full loadout just in case the, you know, what I can carry. Okay. So the six, uh, how many did you say for the medium sized? Three. Three and then one. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I, I wasn't 100% sure if I was even going to be able to carry that medium one. So like it fits like in a backpack size thing. Right, right. Yeah. The, okay. right, it just, it's a Rotodrone. So um, the, the rotors actually like fold in. So it's, yeah, it's about the size. I would say it's about the size of uh, like a laptop case. Once it's okay. completely all collapsed down, the Hornets, they're more the size of, let's say, like a sparrow. You can pack them pretty tight when they're all together. And the nature of your business, uh, your Hornets are your bread and butter because they actually have stingers with a neurotoxin in them that you would use to take out your targets. That's your more discreet way. You could land a Hornet on them and sting them with it and then fly off. Well, we've already established he doesn't use that way as much as he really probably should. Right. Yeah. The, the roto, yeah. So then the rotodrone has like the 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 smart gun, so it's a machine gun on it. And I think the hornets, the only thing they have is uh, is the stingers, and then the skimmers, the micro skimmers, they don't have weapons on them because yeah. they're too small. Yeah, yeah, they're like bottle cap size. So yeah. I think especially those he'd just keep in his pocket because okay. uh, he's wearing a trench coat, and I think he actually. He wears it kind of like other people would use it as a backpack. He's got like really large pockets and then he's got a place specifically sewn into it for an extra one for his MCT Nissan Rotodrone. Right. He's got that. He's actually like in his uh, the back of his trench coat and then the rest he just keeps in his pockets because trench coats have really deep pockets. <laughs> yes, they do. So taking a, a go-go, you got two different choices and you actually can choose this when you you know book the go-go. Uh, you can have a driver, you can have driverless. It's completely up to you. Uh, driverless tends to have a lot more surveillance stuff. You know, it's really up to personal preference. Do you want to be watched by cameras or do you? would you rather have a driver who very likely is not going to be paying that close attention to you other than the fact that you're dressed the way you are? But then again, this is Shadowrun and people walk around like, you know, like that, not necessarily with a plague mask, but masks and goggles and shit like that all the time. Yeah, I think he's going to take a driver one. He knows that he's going to be remembered. But he doesn't think that they're going to remark on him the same way versus recordings. You know, they can always come back and bite you. All right. So your go-go pulls up and it's pretty quick. There's there's quite a bit of activity going on. Uh, we'll say that this is a, this is like a Saturday afternoon. A lot of go-go's traveling around. So it only took a couple of minutes for them to pull up. And the driver's like pulls up and he's this troll driving a Ford Americar, which is like a small, like family size car. But you can tell just by walking up to it, it's been completely reinforced for the weight of the troll. So the door like opens up and it's got like a little bit of a lift kit. So it just kind of lowers itself down a little bit as you're approaching. Plague. Yep, that's me. Where are you going? St. Anthony's. He's like, you mind if I listen to music? Go for it, mate. All right, he turns on uh, troll thrash metal. He he has it down a little bit, but then as you're driving, because going around downtown from North City down to St. Anthony's is a 20-, 30-minute drive. So by the and time- I actually think that Plague likes metal, so at one point he would actually say, hey, turn that shit up, mate. 
All right. So then he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and in doing so, uh, he's slowly, like incrementally turning it up and up and up to the point where by the time you get to your destination, the windows are like rattling. He doesn't turn it down. He just kind of over his shoulder, he just kind of booms. Don't forget to give me a good rating. Of course. And I actually, yeah, as I'm walking, I kind of pull up the app in my calm and give him a good rating because he has good music. You notice that his rating isn't that high. So you're you giving him a, a good rating actually bumps it up like half a star to which after he's driving uh, off, you hear him like turn the corner, you hear him go. <laughs> he's so excited. <laughs> <laughs> the GPS pin that you've got leads you around the back of St. Anthony's Hospital. There's like an employee parking lot and one, and then it's a hospital. So, I mean, there's visitors parking and, and there's, there's plenty of, of people in like employee parking and whatnot. You see this area, which at one time was very likely like where they kept dedicated ambulances, but with the privatization of, of emergency services and stuff like that, it's kind of fallen into disrepair. And you can see that the land and the garage itself was probably contracted from like the landowner. And now that they don't need it anymore, they just like, well, we're just not going to pay you anymore. So it's just kind of run down and it doesn't look like it's been used in quite a while. One of the garage doors is like half open. You don't know if it was, if that's by design or if they're expecting you and they just you know left one of the doors open. You're not quite sure. So two quick questions. One is how obvious is it when I plug into a drone? If you go in full VR, uh, which means that you are jumped in completely, where you're, you're, you get the full benefit of all of your cyberware and your control console. It's like you lay down and go to sleep. You know, that's one of the reasons why some riggers will have a dedicated vehicle, just like armored vehicle, just for their command chair. So then when they plug in, they're not exposed. You can also do it with augmented reality where you're still in control of your body and you can, you're seeing like through pop-up displays and stuff like that through the, the drone sensors and whatnot. Uh, you don't get the full benefit of the control console in that you don't get the, the higher initiative and things like that, but you have much better control of yourself. The other question is, is this anywhere near the time where uh, Diamond Howe was going to send for me to meet him? Yes. Meet um, okay. By the time you're, you're in the go-go and by the time you're there, he sent you the pin, gave you the time, and you've got, a, would say, probably an hour or so before the actual meet. Now, I'm not quite sure on the range I can control the drones on, so just let me know if this is out of range, but he would actually go walk and find like a coffee shop nearby. Yeah. He'd sit down and he'd have uh, probably like a hot cocoa or something. And he would send uh, out his Hornet and his uh, micro skimmers okay. to kind of uh, do a little bit of recon on the area. We'll say that you can be within 10 kilometers away without suffering any noise penalties. So, yeah, absolutely. A, a, a coffee shop somewhere down the street from the hospital. You could totally do that very easily. Drone traffic is not uncommon. Because you've got drone deliveries and things like that happening all the time. Police drones, you have uh, media drones, all kinds of shit like that all over the place. So the fact that uh, a few drones are flying around is not going to draw any attention whatsoever. He would go find a, a coffee shop and he'd just be controlling his drones. I think he'd send out two of his hornets and two of his um, skimmers. Mm -hmm. And he would have the uh, hornets kind of circling about just doing a, a wide area sweep. And he would definitely send in his skimmers to check out that garage. Rotodrones have a sensor rating of two and the skimmers have a sensor rating of one. So we'll go with the, no, you're doing the hornet. 
Hornet, yeah. Hornet's t- sensor two. For those listening, we the Hornet, the MCT Hornet, is running an active skill soft of electronic warfare six and a stealth of six. And the skimmer's got the same thing. It's got electronic warfare six and stealth six. So that's eight dice, I think, for both for to try and not be detected. But we're doing a sensor sweep. Let's do intuition plus sensor rating. And I will say that uh, just doing an external sweep, are you putting anything on the inside also? I'm putting the, the micro skimmers on the inside of the garage, the Hornets on an external of the general area. Gotcha. Okay, go ahead and roll. We'll just do one roll for all of them. And it's not going to be that difficult. So we'll say that your difficulty is going to be one success. So that's all you really need. Okay. All right. So that is three successes. So that's more than one. You do a, a nice sweep of not just the building, but also like the surrounding area. And what you notice uh, with three successes is the garage, like I said, hasn't been used in a really long time, but your sensors pick up what appear to be tire tracks nearby and like ran behind the building and then down a like a it's not even paved it's more like a dirt track that leads to a dilapidated old house but it's there's so much like overgrowth and things like that it's kind of hard to see from the ground and there is a very nice motorcycle sitting like next to this house very well concealed from the street level but you picked it up uh, mostly by following the the tracks of this motorcycle. It had gone around the building and then went up this trail to this house. Uh, you don't see anybody around it. The uh, motorcycle is still warm, but not running. And the, the heat from it is slowly starting to, to fade. So I think Plague would assume that that's probably the Johnson doing the exact same thing that Plague is doing right now. Checking out the area, making sure that no one's up to anything they shouldn't be. Did I see anything in the actual garage? Is that where the meeting was supposed to take yes. place? Uh, so what you see in the garage... Now, let's go ahead and roll the stealth of your uh, okay. skimmers. Now, that, like I said, that's eight dice. Is it seven or eight dice? I think it's eight. Eight dice for your uh, micro skimmer. Three successes. Okay. And this was opposed because you're, at, you're, you're being stealthy versus something else. doesn't appear that your micro skimmers are detected when they go in, into the uh, half-open garage door. There are no, like, old vehicles or anything like this, and this building looks completely neglected, like rusty and, and stuff like that. And what you see is that there is, in fact, someone in here, and they're, like, looking around. As they're looking around, and you've got full sensors, so you can hear, see, all that stuff. This person is standing there, like, looking around. They're wearing what appears to be some sort of, like, a jumpsuit or something like that. Where it's, So it's like a one-piece jumpsuit with combat boots and a ball cap. They're, like, looking around like, like they're disgusted at this place. They turn and they, they say something. They should be here any minute, so stop fucking around. And then from the back, you see this orc come walking out in uh, combat boots, black fatigues, black ball cap, and has a submachine gun strapped to their front in like a quick release strap over their shoulder so they can like let go and it just hangs there and then they can grab onto it very easily. This orc comes walking out. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to see if there's anything in the soda machine. And the guy's like, this place is garbage. Why would you even think that there'd be anything in that machine? Much less it would still be good. I don't know. There's a snack machine back there, too. It holds up like a payday. And he's like, it ain't half bad. We Can you just be professional for like two minutes? Our person's going to be here any minute. Now that you've got a visual, you've got a voice, you recognize this person. The person in the jumpsuit is one of your contacts. 
It's Which one? Jimmy, the flight nurse. That makes him feel much better uh, about the whole ordeal. He's going to go ahead and recall his drones and start heading over there. Because okay. apparently he's supposed to be there any minute. As he walks in, he's going to yell, hey, Jimmy. It startles them uh, because they're, they're like, it's still in the middle of this argument. Jimmy turns around and he looks and he's like, the frag are you doing here? I was told to meet you guys. Diamond Hal sent me. All right, and then the orc just chuckling, rumbling. He's like, you know this guy, Jimmy? Yeah, I know him. How do you know how? We never really ran together real long. Okay, well, that makes it easy. Hell, I didn't even know you were uh, working anymore. I thought you'd retired or something. Oh, no, no. I never retired. I'm always up for work. So, uh, Jimmy, you know this guy? He's like, yeah, I know him. So, uh, you don't really need me right now? <sighs> Fine. The orc starts to walk away. He's like, well, where are you going? He goes, Nougaburger. And he like ducks the uh, half-open door and starts walking off. And Jimmy's like, that motherfucker didn't even ask if I wanted something. All right, well, uh, you know, hey, uh, let's, uh, let's talk some biz. Triple your normal rate, really? Triple? I need to talk to Hal about that here a minute. That's what I thought. I just sent him a text that says, triple? <laughs> All right, and then Hal, Hal just sends you, like, the, the shrug emoji. <laughs> you know I'm going to want that. And I uh, turned back to Jimmy. Yeah, no, uh, I didn't know who I was working with. I guess that's fair. There's a uh, break room over here. I mean, it's still fucking disgusting but if you want we can sit there and talk biz instead of okay. just standing here so i think before he sits down though he pulls out like a handkerchief from one of his pockets just wipes it down because you know it's going to be dusty and muddy and right you know, he's got a nice trench coat he doesn't want to mess it up <laughs> jimmy doesn't seem to care he just sits right on the the crusty dirty chair he's like looking at you wiping down your chair and just like and when you turn to look at him he's like really I thought you were in some of the, the nastiest shit in the world, and you're going to worry about wiping down your chair. Didn't you, like, used to sleep in ditches and shit? Hey, just because one can doesn't mean one wants to. Okay. Let's get to biz. Yeah, and you know Jimmy. Jimmy's a flight nurse. That's how you've known Jimmy for a long time. He is wearing, it's, it's a flight suit, but it's black, and it has a Rhino Global Security patch on it. You've never seen him dressed this way before. And he's like, well, okay, the job. And he holds out a uh, certified cred stick, lays it down. That's your upfront money. And you'll get the rest of it, apparently, twice again, once it's done. Uh, opens up his, uh, his AR, and he just kind of swipes towards you. And your AR kicks up, and you see this uh, human, rather cut look. He, you know, like a, like a slim, almost like a MMA fighter build. And he's got, like, tattoos on his neck and on his forehead and stuff like that. And Anything distinctive tattoo-wise? It's not Vori. You know that uh, right okay. away. Jimmy points at the right where the, the face is kind of hovering there. That's when, like, this bio data starts coming up. This guy's name is Samson Purcell. Yes, Samson is his real fucking name. Like the phone company? Not Samsung. Samson, you know, gets his hair cut off by the, the girl, loses his power stuff. Ah, Plague has no clue what he's talking about. <laughs> well, anyway, he goes by the name of Saturday. Okay. He leads the uh, a gang out of uh, New Orleans who's taken root here in the city called the Voodoo Sons. My employer is looking to eliminate him from the playing field here. We don't exactly know where their hangout is because it's kind of changed recently. They used to be primarily an East Side gang, but... They kind of went through some uh, power structure changes recently, especially with the arrival of Saturday. 
and has started doing more and more here on this side of the river. Kind of leans back in his chair a little bit and he goes, but where the Voodoo Sons has uh, really made a name for themselves is in the fairy dust trade. Are you familiar with that? I am not. It's a designer drug that has hit the scene in a big fucking way around here. The way that smuggling is in this city, it's making a lot of people a lot of money. I'm, I don't pretend to understand everything about it, but it's supposed to give you like a really intense high and also make it so shit that mundanes can't see, you know, like spirits and shit like that, they can now communicate with and see, which isn't unusual. I mean, Plague would know that there are like awakened drugs and things like that that, that people take. So that's not new. This just sounds like the newest one of those. Um, okay. So he's like, yeah, so, you know, the fairy dust trade is starting to pick up around here. Uh, Voodoo Sons uh, started to horn in on the action. But where they made their biggest move was they went out of their way recently and took out a rival gang that was firmly seated here in the city, especially in the fairy dust trade. They were called the Cobras. And in taking them out, they kind of set themselves up to be the power player, at least at the street level here. And my employer wants him gone. Can do. Once the Voodoo Sons made their move on the Cobras, Saturday went into hiding, or at least he went to the mattresses. We don't really know where he's at. So part of this job is you finding him and taking him out. What I can do is I can offer you two points of exposure for him. The first one is this cat called Jerry Can, or at least he goes by the name of Jerry Can. He's a Voodoo Sons mechanic and tinkerer. I don't know where he is, but I know that uh, he has something to do with the smuggling trade that apparently that Voodoo Sons is going to be kicking into high gear. I know he's a mechanic of some sort, probably an old smuggler or something like that. Purcell has dealings with this guy. The other point of exposure is Azalea Laclede. She is uh, Saturday's girlfriend. I'll look into it. And he just kind of, you can see uh, that he is like uh, typing into his comm, making notes of this stuff. His comm's in his mask, so we'd have like gloves recording his fingertip typing. I was like, all right, uh, do you know where she might be located? I don't. That's part of the job. Can do. Any other questions or any other concerns from my end? How big are the Voodoo Sons? How much heat are we uh, we talking that they're going to have protecting this guy? Well, as of right now, the their actual numbers are unknown. Uh, that might be something you could look into, too. From what I understand, they went from just like, like I said, just some small cell on the east side. And now they're much more robust in the containment zone, especially. They have inroads to the containment zone that maybe that we don't even know about. They were claiming chunks of the containment zone when the Cobras were still around. Uh, now that the Cobras aren't even around anymore, it's like open season for them. So I know that there's some down south. I don't know too much about them. A lot of their tags uh, have been spotted, uh, not just in the containment zone, but also in areas outside of the containment zone at this point. They could be bringing in new members. Who knows? So at that point, then I would bring up the picture and say, which one of these tattoos is their tag? He highlights three of them. Those are their prominent tags right there. Okay. Uh, if I need to get in contact with you again, I've got your number. Absolutely. And then right about that time, you hear footsteps and, and you can smell fast food. And, All right. and the, the orc's like, I brought you guys some food. And Jimmy's like, I'm, I'm, I'm touched. And, <laughs> Plague here's got some biz, so uh, I'll just, uh, I'll take his. I give him the shadow run nod. There you go. And uh, I walk out and say, all right, thank you, Mr. Johnson. Pleasure doing business with you. 
pleasure's all mine. As he's like, takes a bite of his burger. It's like, <laughs> oh man, this has mayo on it. <laughs> I think the first thing I'm going to check out is actually going to be the mechanic. Because okay. my best friend in the city is also a mechanic. So I am going to go and call Samantha and see if she has any information. Uh, it goes to voicemail because she never answers her phone. So what do you what do you say in the voicemail? Or do you even leave a message? I uh, know uh, I would leave a message. I'd say, yo, Sam, this is Plague. Call me. I'd wait a few minutes just to see if uh, she was just screening the call. She was. She totally okay. was. You leave the voicemail and, you know, just like a few heartbeats later, incoming calls. Samantha. How's it been? I've been okay. Been busy. Uh, where you at? Over by uh, St. Anthony's, you know, doing some business. Uh, was wondering if I could swing by and, uh, you know, you might be able to get some info from you. I'm working, so you'll have to come to the shop. I'm on my way. I hang up and I go go to the shop. Which is another go-go rider way. She works out of Chesterfield and she works on luxury vehicles. As you walk in, she's got a, like a Mitsubishi Night Sky, which is a, a stretch limo up on one of the lifts. And she's like up underneath it looking. And uh, she generally works by herself. But every once in a while, like her younger brother will come in and help. And you see that her, her younger brother is in there with. And then when you come walking in, she's like, uh, hey, why don't you go take a break? And he's like, yeah, okay. And he looks over at you, and you, you've met him before, and he's like, plague, as he kind of shakes his head as he walks out, and you're like... I just kind of look at him, I don't say anything. Like, not a hostile look, but just like... Yeah, well, it's hard to yeah. tell with a mask on, you're just kind of like, like <laughs> yeah. leering at him as he walks by. Yeah, I guess every look I have <laughs> has kind of hostile intent with the, the, the plague doctor mask. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I kind of look at the limo, and I, I say, you know, I could probably use some more bulletproofing. I don't tell you how to do your fucking job. Hey, hey. Uh, I was just wondering. Uh, I'm looking for a guy you might uh, might have heard about. He's uh, in a similar line of business as you. Have you ever heard of a guy goes by the name of Jerry Can? All right. She's wiping her hands off with a rag, and she looks at you for a moment, and she goes, "Yeah, I know Jerry Can. Uh, I mean Jerry. Yeah. I mean he's." Uh, and then she kind of stops there for a minute. And she goes, "This is biz, or is this personal? This is business." Okay, good, because I would never recommend that piece of shit. Yeah. I've I've heard of him. What's up? Looking for uh, looking for his boss actually, and uh, got a lead that he might know where he is. Oh, okay. Let's see, Jerry King. Although I don't mind throwing in a freebie if he's uh, the kind of guy who deserves it. Definitely say that uh, he's ripped off more than a few people. Um, so I would say that uh, no one would cry if you did. And she walks over and she like goes over to uh, you know like a cooler and she pulls out a beer. You want a beer? Thanks pop at the top and it just put it up right straight to my mask all right she takes a drink she kind of leans back and uh looks at you for a minute and she goes yeah jerry can runs a uh runs a chop shop in cahokia it's right off of uh interstate 255 it's an old truck and trailer repair shop you can actually see it from the interstate he does stuff for like gangs and shit voodoo sons yeah 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 those guys um so yeah he uh chops up shit that they steal okay this place it's because it's, it's a real shithole it, it looks i mean actually you know considering what he does you know you'd never really know it from the street because you know from the freeway because looking down it just looks like a junkyard okay can you send me the address of that send you a pin awesome so you gotta does he usually work alone like you do or you know what's what's the deal with him no i mean i'm legit so i mean you know i don't have to worry too much about it i mean and plus i work in a 3a security area so i'm not too worried about people fucking with me but uh that place it's like the wild west over there 
So I wouldn't be surprised to see, she says, well, hell, I mean, you could probably do a uh, image search right now, you know, satellite look, and you could probably see probably a dozen or more Voodoo Sun bikes just sitting out front. He's definitely got some security there, considering what he does for the gang. All right. Thank you very much. That's it? Uh, All right. Yeah. Then. I I, I, st- I don't actually leave. I just, you know, I, I s- sit down and kind of catch up with her for a little while over a beer. Uh, but when it's all over, then, yeah, I would, would head out and get back to, you know, gathering some more information. So um, looking at your contact, so Samantha has a connection of two. So she's not she's not like fully connected but she's you know with it being that line of business that would she that's why she would have that you know that much information loyalty of four though which means that she's a really good friend she it's almost like she was like bummed that you were going to leave it's like oh okay well then hang out for a little bit just sitting and telling you about her latest girlfriend and all this other stuff she's like oh yeah you know she's kind of an airhead but it's okay you know i like them that way yeah good for you good for you a little bit out of my league at least you know that's what i think but you know She's all right. So after, uh, you know, some uh, some chit chat and whatnot, what's the next step? Uh, the next step is I would like to go and uh, go to this guy's mechanic shop. Okay. Uh, get a go go. I'm not going. I'm not going too close to it. I'm just going, you know, within my 10 k range, and I'm gonna gonna send a couple of drones out. I just want to get a good idea of a uh, bunch of bikes. How many's bunch of bikes? <laughs> right, right. You get a go go and. The go-go driver would just be like, do you want me to leave you here? Or, you know, as a matter of fact, it's, uh, it was a lot harder to find a go-go willing to take you there than it was you know, to take you somewhere on, on the uh, west side of the river. Because as soon as they're like, wait a minute, you want me to cross the river? Ugh. So it took you. Give them an extra tip, just you know. <laughs> right. So you get, yeah, you get an adventurous uh, go-go driver who's willing to do it. Is there anything in the meantime, you know, while you're waiting for the go-go or anything like that? Anybody else you want to call or talk to or anything like that? I will. I'll call Uncle Bill. After a few rings, you hear his voice and he's like, uh, Plague, hold on one second. Let me put you on hold. I'll get right back to you. Okay. Can do. Uh, hey, what can I do for you? Hey, yo, I'm back in town on some business. I was hoping you might, uh, hoping to pump you some information, mate. Oh. What can you tell me about Samson Purcell, also known as Saturday? Saturday. You're going to have to be a little bit more specific. With the Voodoo Sons? Oh, okay. Uh, well, he goes, I don't, is Saturday one of their, I, I'm assuming Saturday is one of their members. I don't know much about who's their, their actual like uh, membership or anything like that, but I can tell you about the Voodoo Sons themselves. Holy mackerel. Out of uh, eight dice, he got six successes. Nice. This guy knows his stuff. Voodoo Sons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I actually uh, had a run in with them uh, in uh, New Orleans. Uh, a couple of years ago, they weren't too happy about one of my clients being where they were and tried to strong arm them. So uh, I actually did quite a bit of research on them. Here, let me give you uh, let me give you what I've got. He's like, one second. He's like, let me access this. I know I've got a file here somewhere. There it is. Because I don't know why I do my filing system like this. Um, here, and he kind of sends you over a file. He goes, this is all my recon on the Voodoo Sons of uh, of New Orleans. I hope this helps. Thanks, mate. I appreciate it. Anything else? Uh, how you been, mate? Been a long time since I seen you. Uh, well, you know what? Uh, things are uh, getting a lot better lately. Yeah. It's good. Business is picking up. I've met back up with your daughter. As a matter of fact, I have, which is, which is nice. She's looking at possibly, uh, joining the family business again. Ah, good for her. I'm happy for you, mate. I know how much you missed her over, uh, over what we were serving. Yeah. 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 It was rough. It was rough, but, uh, I got her out of a bad situation. 
you know, that's, uh, that's, that's most important, right? Yeah, exactly. While I'm, uh, while I'm speaking to you, you ever heard of a guy, uh, a girl, uh, Azalea Laclede? Well, I don't know much about, uh, Azalea Laclede. I know about Lucas Laclede. Azalea's, uh, Lucas's daughter. He shakes his head for a second. And he goes, well, I'm assuming this line of questioning is, is linked in some way, but, uh, Azalea Laclede is the daughter of Lucas Laclede, one of the richest and most, uh, connected families in St. Louis. All right. Uh, I kind of, I kind of write that down or type that in, I guess. And thanks mate. I'll uh, look into it. All right. Happy hunting. You too. You could probably do a an e- very easy like matrix search, just basic matrix search to find out about the Laclede family and all that. I, I know the Laclede family are somewhat famous because Laclede gas is a thing. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna matrix search them. I guess there's a couple of things about the Laclede's. Yes, they have uh, quite a few business interests in the city. They are one of the oldest families in the city as well. Azalea is no is very much a debutante. Especially after her debutante ball. Which, what's actually debutante mean? I'm sorry, oh, I don't that's know fine. that. When they have their debutante ball, that means they're being presented to society formally. And okay. um, so it's, it's always a big to-do with the super rich. It's a way of saying, this is our daughter. It is now socially acceptable to court her. So it, very much ever since her debutante, she's one of the most important, like, future leaders, quote unquote, of St. Louis, one of the most uh, like sought after debutantes in the city, that kind of thing. There's always like rumors about, you know, who she's dating and all this other stuff and who she's seen with all that other crap. Um, Well, considering I know she's dating Saturday now, what's the latest gossip on that? Is there anything in, in there I can use? Well, first of all, like no legitimate, quote unquote, legitimate, like social pages and things like that. Talk about it. But there is some scuttlebutt in like some of the more less reputable, more like, you know, like tabloid rags and things like that Mm -hmm. of stories of Azalea Laclede slumming it with some, you know, East Side hooligan or things like that, but no pictures. But the only other thing that you find pertinent to everything else is a report that has the, her name search pops up. It's a morning, uh, like a morning news talk show called the Morning Hoop. Isn't hoop uh, Shadowrun slang for butt? For butthole, yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, but it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's called the Morning Hoop. It's this like homogenized, kind of like The View, where it's these people who sit around and they talk about news of the day or whatever. And the name search pops up, and this is just from a few days ago, uh, reported that uh, Azalea Laclede was injured in what is being called the Dogtown Arena Fire. And you watch the video clip, and it's talking about how one of the most prominent uh, young ladies in the city was injured in this fire perpetrated by elven extremists. Elven extremists essentially trapped a bunch of people in this arena and then burned it to the ground, to which she was one of the only survivors, and that uh, she is currently at J.M. Barnes Hospital uh, receiving medical care. I jot that down. Do I get any more information on looking at the fire? Looking up the fire? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, looking into it. For the most part, the local news has spun it, or at least it's been accepted uh, that this uh, this fire was an act of terrorism by elven extremists. 
the purpose hasn't completely been determined yet. Lone Star and uh, St. Louis Metroplex Security are looking into it. But the most vocal part that you're finding is from a local alderman. His name is Albert Combs. And because apparently he was present and was also listed as one of the only survivors and is big time fear mongering just from the amount of press and the amount of conversation happening around it. It's not even like remotely sly about it. He's using this for political capital. But beyond that, uh, the fire itself, there's there's if you don't believe the elven extremist route, there's other things because most of the people who were killed there were members of this go gang called the Cobras. And then at that uh, that very night, the Cobras that weren't in the fire, the trapped in the fire uh, were systematically gunned down in the city in various parts of the city. So there's conspiracy theorists speculating that it was this was all gang related uh or something like that and just the people in the arena were just collateral damage and things like that so there's a lot of speculation and theories uh but nothing concrete yet because it's still relatively fresh so investigations are still pending and jimmy told me that the voodoo sons took the territory from the cobras right correct okay so right or wrong plague is currently operating under the assumption that the voodoo sons did the fire which he's actually going to make a specific note of that because when he talks to lucas in order to get information from azalea he's going to tell him that he's going after the guy who started the fire that, that burned her so now i'd like to take a look at the information that uh, uncle bill sent me all right so he sent you information about the voodoo sons now it's a it, it, this file is going to take you a while to go through because it's like over the course of probably you know 12 to 14 months worth of surveillance and info gathering and interrogations of members and things like that Uncle Bill is, if anything, he's super thorough when it comes to his uh, contracted uh, customers. You know, this person hired him to protect them from these people. So he did as much recon and as much info gathering as he could and compiled this information. So it's going to take you a while to go through it. So while you're uh, while you're doing your surveillance of Jerry Can's place, you could also we could conceivably say that you're doing this as well. So let's go ahead and roll your sensors roll for your overwatch of Jerry Can's chop shop. All right. So that is seven dice. Three successes again. All right. So for the most part, you're watching and you can, I mean, you tell me how long you're going to do this. Three, four hours. Okay. So you're doing a very thorough watch of it. Is there any spe anywhere specific or like in general that you would want to be holed up while you're doing this? Um, I think in general, he's going to go to coffee shops to, to do his drone surveillance because they're just a, such a great place to sit and do nothing for an extended amount of time that no one will ever comment on. Okay. Um, in addition to that, I would also recommend like a coffin motel. They are essentially just buildings with honeycomb uh, spots that have door, like think Hobbit doors, you know, the round doors. And you would just- Like call. the ones in Japan. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Th those are pretty prevalent all over the place. So uh, in addition to coffee shops, you could probably do something like that too, where no one's okay. going to mess with you there. And you could jump in and be full VR without having to worry about somebody messing with your body. That's a good idea. In that case, yes, he is going to go to a coffin motel. On the east side, coffin motels can be had hourly. Our east side to, is known for that, yeah. yeah. You go over by uh, one of the many east side strip clubs and there are hourly uh, coffin motels to which uh, no questions are ever asked. 
other than a very distinct smell to them, they're relatively, you know, they're usable. Um, and I would say they're clean-ish. Okay, clean-ish. Uh, he'll, he'll get co- as comfortable as he can on top of the bed, not pulling back the covers. And uh, uh, For the most know. part, there are no covers. It's just a foam mattress. That's it on the bottom uh, of this coffin motel. And there's like a by your head where you would be is where you would stow any gear or anything like that. Okay. So he will take out uh, take off his trench coat. He's got his, his nice trench coat. He doesn't want to get it messed up. Right. And then he'll he'll get get on top of the bed and uh, send out his drones, which he would probably have actually launched them beforehand so that he had didn't have to navigate them through the coffin motel out. Okay. Uh, and then you know get comfortable and jack into them. All right. So a good three four hour surveillance of Jerry Ken's chop shop. I mean, you get a full lay of the land. It very much is a junkyard. I mean, through and through, it's just it, there's rusted out hulks of cars and uh, you know other things. It's a, it actually has like a sign, pick apart. Occasionally, you'll see people come like and like go and like start rummaging through some of these dilapidated vehicles to try and find a part that they're looking for or something like that. Numbers of people that you're seeing moving in and out. Uh, Voodoo Sons in particular, because they, they're a gang. They wear cuts. You count at least a dozen. That's what you've seen come out and back in. You can like set tags on them from your drones, facial recognition and things like that. So you're not like counting the same person twice. So you're, you can identify at least a dozen people moving in and out of it. It's like they'll leave, but then come back. It's like they're running errands or something like that. So it's very possible that Jerry Can has like on-site members who act as security, or at least they're, maybe they're mechanics also, you're not quite sure. Once evening hits, you start seeing things like very nice vehicles showing up, sports cars. You know, you'll see one come in. A few minutes later, you see the driver walk out, get on a motorcycle and drive off. There's definitely some, some hot cars going into this place. Do I ever actually see Jerry Can there? You don't even really know what Jerry Can looks like. Because Sam only knew him by reputation. She's never, she never actually had met the guy. So there's a guy named Jerry Ken who goes by Jerry Ken who's in there. You don't even really know what he looks like. I am going to take off my, uh, my mask and distinctive out- outfit so that I can kind of be disguised. Okay. And I'm going to go in and I'm going to uh, attempt to purchase something from them and see if I can uh, identify who Jerry Can is, if I hear anybody saying the word Jerry Can or anything along those lines by going in and saying, hey, yeah, I want to I want a cheap, uh, cheap bike. OK, so you're just going to like walk there or how are you going to get there? How far away is it from here? I would say it's probably maybe a mile away. Oh, I'm definitely taking a go-go. <laughs> okay. This time driverless, though, because okay. he does not like being seen without his, his, his stuff. Okay. You arrive at the, like, the front entrance. The go-go just takes you to the fence, you know, to the gate. As you get out, you can see that a light blinks on a really just kind of old-looking closed-circuit camera. So it kind of like winks on and you can see it, it almost like it like flickers because it's like so like janky and old. But you know that somebody's got a camera on you and then you hear like this little squawk box next to it go, do we know you? No, I was just here to buy a bike. Heard uh, Jerry Cans was a good place to do it. Who told you that? Word in a bar, man. I don't fucking know. So this is going to be a social role because you're trying to talk your way into a place. 
This is going to be charisma based. Now, here's the herein lies the problem. You have distinctive style, which is one of I your can't negative. I use problems. edge, yeah. So you may not use edge on any on your social roles when you're not wearing your distinctive style. If you just feel out of sorts, go ahead and roll me a. This is going to be just straight up charisma. Luckily, uh, the willpower of a ganger isn't necessarily great. That is one success and a glitch. Oh no. The uh, person man operating the gate got three successes. There's quiet for a moment, and then you see the light above it winks off. The squawk box says, get lost. I turn around and walk off. He will have no way of recognizing me once I'm in, uh, once I'm back dressed up, because you can't see my face. Right. But yeah, I got a glitch. No clue what that was. Very likely, they have vid of you now like your real right. face to get in here either you're gonna have to talk your way in or you have to break your way in and with the amount of security that they have you might need some help <laughs> <laughs>